designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world, sharing the trials and triumphs of our own homes, and also answering your decorating questions. I'm Caroline, I run the Ballard Designs blog, How to Decorate. And I'm Taryn, I'm on the product design team at Ballard. And I'm Karen, and I head up branding at Ballard. And we're your hosts. Hi. So our guest today is Clara Schoen. She is a home organizing, ex- luxury home organizing expert in Birmingham, Alabama. And we also went to high school together. We're high school friends. So I'm so glad that you're here. And we have many, many, many questions for you. I actually was thinking that I was, I'm kind of surprised we haven't had an organizing expert on the show before. That seems like such a duh type of thing we right. needed to cover. but. But here you are, and we have many questions. Staring at our corners, yeah. (laughs) Yes. This is a really good time, I think, to tackle some small or large projects, depending on how ambitious you're being during this um, time. So thanks for coming on the show. We are so happy to have you. Oh, thanks so much, Caroline. I'm excited to be here. All right. Who wants to kick it off? Because I feel like we all have many questions and... I do. How do we want to start? Okay. All right. Um, how does one get into said business of organizing? <laughs> <laughs> I have gotten that question, guys, so many times, and I love it. I am pretty naturally organized, and I attribute that to my mom. Uh, she ran a pretty tight ship. There are four of us, and I'm the youngest. And actually, I was probably the most disorganized of the four of us. But I always saw how she functioned really well with everything, having a home and staying in order. And so, again, it just kind of came naturally. Um, I was encouraged by a friend in Mobile. I'm now in Birmingham, but I was in Mobile when I started my business. And she started peeking around my home and into my dresser drawers and my pantry. And she's like, Hey, you've got a knack for this. And you were like, get out of my house. You (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's one of those things. I'm like, yeah, go ahead. That's totally fine. Um, but she said, yeah, a knack for this. Have you ever thought about doing it professionally? And actually I had, um, but it was never about nine years before, but it was never the right time to pursue it. And so I said, okay, I can do this. And I did a little bit of research um, just as much as I could online about how to start the business. And then I just started um, two years ago and it just grew from there. And of course, I learned things along the way and more efficient processes of how to run my business or connect with my clients. But it just made perfect sense. And if you're going to be a professional organizer, I hope you love organizing because (laughs) it's such a different ball game when you do it for yourself as opposed to clients. And I love the interaction. I'm such an extrovert. Um, It's just a really good fit. How is it different than organizing for yourself other than having to deal with people? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, one thing you have to be is very conscious of how the other person feels going through personal stuff. So it's, it, it can be very 
almost trying for them because the people who are hiring me are typically not great at organizing for themselves or get overwhelmed in the process. Um, and so it's a pretty quick process when I'm there. It's only a few days where you might take a little bit longer for your home or you give up and just right. say, I'm done with it. I'm sure you all probably all experienced that. Like mm-hmm. you get in the middle of a project and you just call it quits and yes. just shove everything back. Um, so mm-hmm. I, yep. I, I, will, I will do that for myself because I don't enjoy doing it for myself at my home, but clients is just a whole nother ball game. And you get to connect with them. You really get to understand um, what's going through their head and how their house functions. Um, so it's just a whole different level of reading someone and understanding what their needs are and then putting it into place. So you're a psychiatrist too. Yes. Yes. So, my, <laughs> so say I have a messy space and I have decided <laughs> that I am going to tackle it and I'm going to organize it. What is the first thing that I need to do? Okay. Well, the first thing is probably grab a glass of wine if you're tackling it oh, on your own. I'm already there. Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there is a very simple process in the whole thing. Um, I do the process the same. Every client house looks a little bit different, but the process doesn't change. So when you're ready to tackle a space, big or small, you're going to pull everything out. If you leave things in the space, you're going to miss over it. You're going to skip items. You're not going to be able to clean out this space. And so it's so important to not skip that first step. So pulling Mm -hmm. everything out, um, So let's take like for a pantry, for example, you're pulling everything out of your pantry space, you're wiping it down, you are putting it into categories. And then once it's in the categories, then you start to purge. What kind of what kind of categories are we talking here? I mean, so pantry, any kind of cans, um, dry foods, um, foods that, you know, that are expiring um, sooner than other ones that you need to kind of eat first. And all appliances together, if you hold appliances in the pantry, that type of thing. Okay. So I'm, I'm just trying to figure out, like, how broad are we getting and how... I bet it starts I mean? broad and comes it, down. Okay. It does, exactly. So it starts pretty broad. So when you're putting it back, it's going to get more, more efficient and a little bit more... Granular. Support. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you start off, just brought so all cans together. So just okay. go through it. And then right. when you're looking for an expired, you're turning it over, you're looking for the label, toss it then. Um, and then once you have that, then it's time to look at the placement in your pantry. So what in front of you, what are you going to grab first? If it's like a just a built-in pantry, where are you grabbing most often? If your kid's you're going to allow them to grab their snacks or if they're not, that's really dependent on, are you going to put it lower? Are you going to put it higher? Um, you're putting dinner together, grab and go together, all that type of stuff. Um, and also when you're pulling it all out, you're able to wipe down the space because it's amazing mm. oh, what yeah. people don't realize in their spaces. Even if you have a housekeeper or you are very clean, places get so nasty and dirty. They, do. Um, they yeah. need to be wiped down. And then from there, most of us are not going to be minimalist. So I really encourage product and similar product with the same um, aesthetic. You can mix different kinds of um, textures, but something that will look really good in the space because y'all know as interior designers, like if you keep it better looking, if the aesthetic is beautiful, you're more likely to maintain it. Wait, 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 Clara. When you say product, do you mean a a thing 
within which I am organizing my items? Is that what you mean by product? What do you, when you say product, sorry. Right. So you're doing things like seagrass baskets, acrylic bins, something that you're not just throwing back up into the shelf where everything is just sitting on it, but something that's actually containing it. So um, if you look at my Instagram, there's a lot of I design acrylic products. There's white bins and baskets. There's seagrass baskets. There's metal baskets, something that can contain the stuff. And so once you have the space cleaned out and your um, stuff dwindled down and you're placing it, that's the time to get bins and baskets or whatever you need for the space. Um, I really don't like when people buy product beforehand because you don't know what you're going to end up with afterward. And then you might be doing this little dance of that didn't fit. Now I've got to return it, but you might not end up returning it. And right. now you've just got extra bins and baskets that you're never going to use. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then once it's in that bin or basket, then it's your time to label. So you can label directly on the shelf with something like, um, you know, I've had people even do like a piece of tape, um, a label maker. You can put a bin clip uh, from the container store on the basket and write the info on there. You can do chalkboard labels, whatever. Um, but something so the whole household knows that this is where these items live and where they should stay. Yeah. And if they're unpacking the groceries, then they can put it in the right Right. But labeling exactly. totally makes everything so much better, I think, because mm-hmm. not only for your teenagers or your husband or whatever, but for yourself three months from now. You know what I mean? It helps you just every time. Okay, that's where that goes. That's where that goes. Right. Well, exactly. also, maybe this is, I don't know, maybe I'm weird, but if there's not yes, a label yes, on it, then I can get extra lazy. Whereas if there's a label, then I'm like, I have to follow the instruction. You know right. what I mean? Like I, it's a little bossy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, even though, even if you don't maintain it like perfectly, there's always that baseline to go back to. So Caroline, if like you didn't put it all up, you could easily get it back in its home True. rather quickly. And as opposed to being like, Oh, it's floating from here to here. And your husband doesn't know where it lives. You have a permanent home where it lives. So even if chaos breaks out, it has a place to eventually go back to. Okay. So what if you are organizing your pantry and your issue is that, okay, I'm, I'm trying to make this general, but really I'm thinking about myself as usual. Of course. So, <laughs> so I have a pantry and really it's not that big, but it's super deep. And so things always get lost way back in yes. there. And I try to sort of, I mean, I tried originally to keep it tidy, but it's just really not big enough. So I'm trying to figure out is how do I, I guess, make the most of a small space without deep jamming. Yeah. And I don't want to jam too much in there because I know that's not going to help it stay organized. But on the other hand, I, especially right now have a really large pantry because I had to buy groceries for a month. Right. That's I don't tough. understand why people build pantries deep because they should never be deep. They it's like you know, this deep. Oh my gosh! What is that? Amen. Ten inches. Amen, maybe. Karen. Yeah. So I am right there with you, Caroline and Karen, because that is very difficult. Because deep pantries, you're going to lose a ton of stuff. My ideal pantry is like twelve to fourteen inches deep. If if it's walk-in and you have it on the side, or if you have to open it, um, there are some amazing products 
Caroline, that are out there from iDesign that are deep acrylic bins where you can pull the whole bin out. So let's say you have your category of cans and you have a bunch of the same cans or even differentiating. If you have that long acrylic bin, you can pull the whole bin out. And again, it's labeled for cans. You're able to see everything and you're not losing things in the back. Also, decanting is really important. Um, you don't have to decant everything, but if you have a box of granola bars, it's better to pull those out and put it in one of those long acrylic pull-out bins because otherwise you might lose it in the back and buy a whole other thing of granola bars and never even know that you had the other one. Yep, mm-hmm. that happens. That happens mm-hmm. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is going to be a huge order for me as soon as we hang up with you. I'm just going to be like... Well, you keep mentioning iDesign and I have a bunch of those bins. I have some for kids' toys that are... Um, and I actually did buy some for my pantry and I think I probably need to go get the extra cheap ones because I didn't buy those. But but I do like that brand and they're very affordable because that's another question that I had on my list. I, in the past, have gone to some really one... Um, big box stores? Yes. Well, a big box store that they is... They have really, containers? Yes. No, oh, they have containers? A really n- nice... And I, I'm, I'm telling you, when I go into the store, I'm like, this is heaven. I love, I love this place. But some of them the actual items that I bought really didn't work for me long-term. And so I get frustrated. And so then I'm like, do I need to buy all of these expensive organizing tools? Because even when I sometimes have that organizing tool, it doesn't really stay organized long-term. Anyways, I don't really know what my question is, except for to say, is it worth it to buy an expensive organizing thing? Is that really kind of a gimmick? Like what is your take on organizational mm-hmm. tools. Mar- Marie Kondo says use shoe boxes. Okay, so I have a couple of thoughts on this because I think organizing is an investment. If you are hiring someone like an interior designer to come in your space, they are the expert mm-hmm. in this. And so they're going to think differently from how you would naturally think mm-hmm. and plan out accordingly. Um, so I think, yes, I, there are a couple of stores that I buy from regularly. Um, that are a little bit higher price point. But here's the thing, the products that I'm getting and putting in a client space are going to last long term for that client. If you see something online and be like, oh, that's a pretty basket, I'm going to go buy it. It might not be tailored to your space or what your need is. So like if you bought a square basket, Caroline, it might not fit in your pantry because your pantry is super deep. So you're looking for an organizing tool that would be really deep. Or if you are interested in... Um, being able to see everything, a white non-see-through basket isn't going to work for you. You have to see everything. Um, Now there's different price points. A bin is going to be cheaper and that really depends. But if you go to buy a dollar bin, it's going to hold up a dollar's worth. It's not going to be long-term lasting for you. And then you can't really use it other spaces my goal always is to find things that work for the client in their specific home and space. So I think yeah. it you can find things that will work for your home, but if you just see something flashy online and it see it work for someone, it doesn't necessarily work for you. But I am a believer in investing in good lasting product. So what I'm hearing is that I need to probably measure and yes. be very Super important about what I'm buying. Make a plan. Yeah, make Make a plan plan. before you purchase. 
Now, uh, you always said like you like acrylic though. Is that I, your go-to? Um, I like seagrass, acrylic, um, white. I think those typically work in a lot of client homes and they're classic, they're lasting. Um, I like acrylic and I am very fortunate to be an iDesign ambassador, but I was a buyer first and foremost before I ever became one. And I like it because, and I, I put it in my own pantry because again, a lot of people, if they're hiring me, they need help. And so if you're hiding the items, they're going to forget about it. It's important to be able to see what you have. And I think acrylic, especially like in somewhere like a playroom or a pantry, if it's not a mess, a bunch of messy items, um, I think it's really important to see. And so, yeah, I like to go with a little bit more classic aesthetic. I might dress it up with um, a gold bin clip. I, I might do a clear label. It really just depends on the client's preference. But yes, I do tend to lean that direction. Well, okay. You were, There's like little design details. You were mentioning that some rooms you don't like using acrylic, like maybe a playroom. Um, so what, what you what? can't, so if you're wanting to like hide something, um, let's say winter gear in your closet and you don't want to look at winter gear all year long, you can put it in a white bin, a seagrass bin. It's just important to label the outside, but you might not want to see it all the time. Or if there's something you're trying to hide from your children and you don't want them to see it. I am a big believer in having something that is non-see-through. So I have my kids' toys in a rotation. I only leave a couple of out, but I don't need them to see me hide it. And so what I do is put it in a bin that they can't see through, so they have no idea. If they open that closet, they have no clue that that's where their extra toys are, and then they're not pulling it down and making it a chaotic mess. Sure. Oh, that's smart. Okay. So hmm. how do you um, do the kid toy organization, the ones they're allowed to play with? <laughs> is it the same? Like pull it all out. Yes, exactly. So um, you, it's very important to get all of their stuff together. So if you have toys in a playroom, in a office space, their bedrooms scattered throughout the house, it's so important to bring it all together because then you won't really know otherwise how much stuff they truly have. And I will say probably majority of the time we have way more stuff than we even realize. It's easy to kind of just step over it and not think about it. And then again, the same thing, like categories, dump it all out, put it in categories and then go through it. Depending on the kid, um, their age and their type of personality, you can have them go through it. So Caroline has a young child, like you don't need her to go through it with you. Um, and especially if they're not used to the, the decluttering, let's say you have a teenager going through it and they have never decluttered in their life. It's probably not a good idea to have them do it or start it. You can ask them questions, but you know, the same thing, if you're entering this for the first time, don't throw it on them and throw away all their stuff and, you, or, you know, have them panic about it. Um, it's good to you're like, right. it's emotional. It's so emotional. Yeah. People are very connected to their stuff. And even if they're like, oh, no, I'm not sentimental. When it comes to their stuff, they really are. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just dependent on everyone. But then again, categorize it, pare it down. Um, and you have to ask yourself questions. Is this functional? Do I love it? Okay, someone gifted it to me, but I, do I really care about it? A lot of times we keep things that are someone gifted us. We don't really care about it, um, but we keep it anyway because, oh, what if they see it or come over? They, they don't care. 
like, and if they do, it's your house. This is where you live. It shouldn't be a storage unit for something else that of someone else's. Okay, yeah. I have to tell um, the story. I got caught on that. Let me just wait, tell you okay. thing, Caroline. I have gotten caught, Clara, when I, <laughs> I gave a friend a gift that was given to me. Okay. Uh -oh. So I re-gifted it, but I didn't give it as a gift. I was like, I don't want this anymore. I don't use it. I think you'll like it. You use it. Okay. So like, <laughs> I love it. I love it. They took it. They put it in their home as a sit about. So we're all over there for cocktails. And my girlfriend's like, Karen, I gave you this for your birthday. <laughs> What's it doing over at their house? And I was like, um, oh, um, I, I don't know. Actually, <laughs> Uh-oh. I yeah. just sort of stuttered around. I don't know. That. That's, that is something that I do think is really hard because I'm, I tend to be someone that gives things away, like, or gets rid of things. I don't carry a ton of, I am emotionally attached to some things, but unless I really have an emotional attachment to it, then like I'd get out. Uh, yeah. I don't want extra things around. And so um that yeah that would be totally me yeah I, well i got nailed it wasn't good but how do we guide a spouse or something through purging mm -hmm. and i've told this before my husband has the sheets i don't know if he still has them i think i might have thrown them away but his sheets from college the dude's turning 60 in november Ew. and he has this dorm room sheets in a bin in the basement i berated him for so many years he finally got rid of them but he still has his rugby socks from college and his cleats like what up with that y'all is it like glory days or something possibly <laughs> guys are a little unusual sometimes and i'll be honest most men do not like me coming into their house they like me after but they don't like me in their personal spaces um my husband unfortunately has learned like Claire probably just threw it away and it's fine. And he moves on. Um, I don't tend to for if they don't want to do it, I don't force them, but they also see like, let's be honest, most of the time we're the ones maintaining the house and keeping it up. If it's stressing us out and we are internalizing that stress and then pushing it on the kids and the spouse, they see that they feel it. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think when you start to get your house in order or less stuff in it, you feel less stressed and you're able to function and move better in it. Mm -hmm. And so they do see that sometimes it takes them a little while to understand it. Uh, but I would never force someone who doesn't want to do this to do it. Um, or you could give them parameters. Parameters are huge for people. So you're like, all right, husband, here is your keepsake box. Anything you want to keep must fit in this. If it doesn't, you either need to decide to donate it or throw it away or give up something else so that it fits in that box. And the box is this big. A tiny box might not work, but like a sterilite satin um, is, you know, it's just important or two boxes, whatever you're comfortable with and they would be comfortable with. Um, but I would never want to force anybody into that stuff. And then Karen, when you were talking about um, giving something away, my thing is, it's so kind of you to give it to someone who might enjoy it. But that will trip you up because if you have mutual friends or something yeah. that happens, like just go ahead and donate it. There's other people that would want it and be honored to you know, purchase it from a donation center or whatever. It's just keeping that. But again, like your house, 
is your house. You decide what stays. So if someone gives you something for Christmas, that's so kind of them, but you can decide, no, this is not really serving a purpose or it's not enjoyment. You know, people probably feel that a lot with grandparents giving loud noise toys like Mm -hmm. thank you so much but now it's my since you gifted it now it's in my space i'm allowed to do with what i want see this is why you should give people um items that can be consumed for christmas exactly yeah bottle of wine oh that all you have to do is your theory i didn't know that Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, a candle. It's like, okay, if you don't like the candle scent, I mean, I don't expect you to have that for life. So, sure. If you decide to get rid of it or regift it, I'm not, you know, my feelings aren't hurt. That's a good idea. A plan. You know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um, okay. So, what are some tips um, for our closets or like with clothing in them? Because uh-huh. yeah, I don't have expiration dates on my clothing and I probably should. Karen also has clothes and wears clothes. I actually think this is really amazing that she bought in high school. Yeah. You are a closed horse, Taryn. You are. I think it was a compliment, so I appreciate it. Oh, 100%. You still make things that you bought in high school look so cute and you like are constantly reinventing it. But that that also leads me to wonder where on earth do you put them? How do you organize like a decade and a half's worth of clothing. Uh, Clara. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, again, it kind of depends on the client in the space. Like you only have so much room in your house unless you buy a bigger house. And I will say everybody. For your clothes. Everybody. I have really thought about it. <laughs> everybody fills up their space that they have. So if you buy a bigger house, you're still going to fill it up unless you're a minimalist truly. Um, and so with that type of thing, like you would do seasonal rotation and it's getting creative with your space. So like, if you, like you said, Taryn are a clothes horse, you love clothes and that's your thing. That's awesome. If you're wearing it, great. Um, keep it, do it, use it. Um, but I would say for that, you would need to do a rotation. So you would pull out your seasonal, pack it up. There are these great zip bags that keep dust away, put it away so it's not in your space and you can really see what you're using and wearing. Um, And then really, I, again, the same thing as all the other spaces, you pull everything out, you try it on, you categorize it um, and you keep what you really love. Even if you use a lot of your clothes, I guarantee you're not using all of them. Even if we think we are, we're really not. Um, And then you want to give yourself a little bit of breathing room. If you've ever heard like the 80-20 rule for like clean eating or whatever, um, it's same thing applies in your space. You need breathing room. So if you bring something in, that's totally fine, but something else has to go out. You're leaving that 20% so that things can come in and move. So... Taryn, every time you go to the Anthro outlet, are you um, getting rid of 10 items in your closet? Mm. <laughs> She's getting 10 more closets. <laughs> no, your point is valid. I will say when I do my seasonal rotation, because Claire is spot on, um, I, I do force myself, like, if I didn't wear it that season, you you have to go. Like, oh, that's smart. Yeah. Like if I, so even this 
when January hit, I literally went through my sweaters. I restacked them in the order. I put the ones I'd worn at the bottom and I literally put the ones at the top. I had not worn yet. And I was like, if I don't wear you, you're done. Like, mm-hmm. get out of here. How many sweaters do you own, Taryn? Just a quick question. Sorry. I don't know. 20? Dozens? 40? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need this, Mom. Okay. <laughs> we have six. Karen, you okay? What you don't have in sweaters, makeup, and shoes. Karen has jackets. Well, jackets and shoes. I'm a ruthless editor. That's true. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm fickle. I'm a fickle lover. Okay, I have a question. (laughs) Sorry, this is going back to the pantry, but I just saw it on my list of things to ask you. This is something in my pantry slash kitchen that drives me insane and I wonder if you have a solution for me kids eating like things I mean yes they do eat things things. you're right (laughs) no but like we have three different types of sippy cup we have different divided trays we have like snack pouches that are reusable and then another type of cup and then some type of spoon and it's like I don't know. I just feel like kids. How much do you actually um, need? Yeah. Well, you don't and how, need all that. Is, what's a good way to store all of the? I'm not talking about the food items. I'm talking about the serving mm-hmm. items. Bins, 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 bins. Doesn't she just need one plate? How many meals is she eating at a time? Yeah. So, are you talking, I mean, Caroline? Are you talking about like the di- exactly like the different types of plates you have like a ton of different okay yeah so and cups and sippy cups and then you have a bottle and then you have the other type of sippy cup and then you have it's like there's so many things and they don't stack and they don't right okay well here's here's the thing if you have my big thing is like I said with the bins if you're buying like the same and like bins it's important to do that in a lot of different things so for example you have a ton of different plates and it's probably driving you mad. Um, and if they're not stacking well, because she's at an age that, you know, it, you have the cutesy little things, purge it down to one singular type of thing. So almost like Tupperware, you don't need 30 different types of Tupperware Buy all the same glass that they fit together. And that doesn't drive you mad so even though you already have those if you can go buy the same plates or the divided little plates at target do that it's not a big investment but it will save so much for your sanity same with cups i'm sure she has favorite types of cups ones that she prefers purge it and just get the same thing okay because yes, it's 30 right dollars now, well spent well because right now she's using those like um silicone suction divided tray thingies and I just feel like they're so bulky bulky but I only have yeah. three of them so it's not Caroline I'm alive and I have one he has one I wash it we reuse it and it mm-hmm. saves me a whole lot of sanity and I know that sounds crazy but you got to wash it no it doesn't sound crazy at all I I I don't know yeah three, it's a it's- little if a little bit, bit of investment saves you sanity in the long run, it's totally worth it. Yeah. I think for sure. So it sounds like organizing is literally sanity. Yeah, <laughs> yes. it really is. If you're walking around your house 
um, say, saying explicit words as you're picking up stuff, <laughs> then it's time for something to change. Your house should be somewhere that you feel rested, that it's somewhere that you come from the chaos. It shouldn't be adding to that craziness and the chaos. It should really be something that rejuvenates you. I'm very firm believer in that. And so simplifying is such a great thing for sanity. It's for, I mean, I've seen a huge difference with people in their marriages and how they um, speak to their children, because it really can, that stuff, you internalize it and it will come out on the people you're closest to and love the most. Wow. I hadn't really thought about that, about how your decor, not your decor, but the stuff around you affects your relationships within that space because their stuff's annoying you. Interesting. I mean, usually my husband's stuff's in the basement, so I don't see it that much. When I go down there, I get annoyed. But yeah, I can imagine kids' toys and that kind of stuff, or if you have someone who's working from home and their things are everywhere, or I don't know, they don't put the milk back in the refrigerator the right way. It, it could really, really put a strain on our relationship. And you step on those Legos, it hurts. Well, especially if one person is more organized than the other, then one person always feels like they're the one cleaning up after the other. And that's never right. fair or fun or right helpful well, we, enough. Yeah, we want it easy enough that everybody can maintain it, that husbands are comfortable doing it, that kids are comfortable doing it. It's not this like super complicated process. It stays very simple. My organization is very simple to keep up, but it's the ability to, to maintain that, to not take your frustrations out on someone else. Um, and that everybody, you know, if it's labeled, if it has a home to live on or live in, you can get it back to that really simply, really quickly and feel a lot better. Because don't you, if you open, let's say, like Caroline says, opening a pantry and looking at it and it's just chaotic and it's messy, there's something that it does to you internally that's like stressed out. Or if you go, when you go to the grocery store and then you find that extra box of granola bars, you're probably a little angry and frustrated that you wasted the money. Or you might mm -hmm. turn around and snap at your husband. And so it's just making everything fluid, feel good, relaxed, and easy, easy, easy to maintain. So Clara, Let me ask you about, are you saying you have a perfect marriage? <laughs> <laughs> I have a really great marriage. I do. My husband has learned over the years um, how I function and that more than likely I'm going to throw it away. So don't get attached to anything. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Except you. Except me and the kids. We'll keep, them, <laughs> we'll keep them around too. They're fine. But it is really funny because my oldest, he just turned six and he's very aware that mommy throws things away or if it's not put back up, don't do it unkindly. But he understands that like toys go in the playroom and they live in the playroom. If they are somewhere else and he doesn't put it back, it might go in the trash. Right. Ooh, that's smart. Well, that you, like, yeah, I think that sort of hits on a, a key component that you've you've been reiterating, which is each item has a place, a designated place where it lives, where it goes. Exactly. So it isn't. So when you're looking for it, you know where it should be because you go to its home, <laughs> you look in its home, and oh, there are the scissors. We don't need thirty-two pairs of scissors. We need a pair of scissors that are always in this spot, and I can find them. Which I think is foreign to a lot of people. They just keep buying more scissors. You know, and then there's some in the junk drawer and there's some in that cup and there's some over here. And it's like, no, <laughs> you, you don't need all those. 
Yeah. So do you guys find yourselves doing that? Like pens. How many pens do we need in our house? Like pull out all your pens, look at them, keep your favorite eight. I mean, that's probably way more than enough. Yeah. Done. Well, Instead yeah, of 24 that don't write. I see a lot of people wanting stuff in different. So, for example, your pens and your your oh gosh crafts all the time. Um, well, one kid has it here and one kid has it here. Here, it's now scattered throughout, and it's hard to maintain it. It takes very little extra time for that kid to walk to their room and go to the catch-all drawer or junk drawer, whatever you want to call it, utility drawer, and get it use it and then go put it back in its space. It doesn't need, they don't need all of their other things. Same with like uh, toys, put it in the playroom or keep it in their room. It doesn't need to invade your whole house. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have a question for Clara. Do you, how do you fold your clothing? I do the KonMari method. Um, Gosh. Mm-hmm. I think it existed. I think it existed before her. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, Nothing but it really existed before the- her. um i do file fold it because then i can really see everything that i have and then when it is upright you will start to notice again what you're using what you're not pulling from it's really transparent when you have it that way and i realize like i am never pulling from that top i can just go ahead and get rid of it yeah right i have to say it totally changed the method is the KonMari method of folding. So basically you're file folding. Instead of laying items on top, um, you're doing it in a row. So I love drawer dividers. I think they're a way to keep yourself accountable for what's in your drawer. And they come in bamboo or acrylic. They kind of have spring loaded. You can get them at a ton of different stores. Um, But instead of stacking, you're folding it so that you can see the top on each item. And so you're not like rumbling around or rustling around in your drawer, knocking things over. You can literally pull your item out and it's not going to cause chaos in the drawer. Yeah. I think it it honestly totally changed um, my core. First off, I think you have so much more space and your drawers never get messy because inevitably you're going to want the shirt that's on the bottom of that stack. And then you have to move the whole stack and then the stack is all rumpled and then you have to go back and fold the entire stack to get it to make, you know what I mean? It just, the, the vertical, the verticality, I guess, of the folding method is so helpful. I'm obsessed. So I was just curious to see if you, um, if you do that as well. Oh, I love it. And it doesn't take any extra time. I mean, you literally fold your item one more time and then turn it on its side. Right. That's it. What about underwear? As in I honest, if you're If you want you to, them? go for it. No, I don't. Okay. <laughs> um, Who has time I, for that? I don't I have. I mean, for a it while, looks, but now I'm exhausted. I can't do it anymore. It, it looks beautiful. I, I'm looking at like the things that, I mean, like I... I don't have like a huge array of different kinds. <laughs> so I don't I have care if it's kind. Right. So I'm not really concerned about it. Same with my husband's white t-shirts and he actually puts up his clothes. So I don't care how he does it. I don't go in his drawers. Doesn't bother me. Um, and so I just fold his white t-shirts and if he just wants to stick it in the drawer, that's his business. Or if he wants to file fold, it's business. Same with for me for underwear or bras. I don't care. It's not worth my time to do. 
Yeah. Because okay. mm-hmm. I, I felt a, a little guilty about not doing it. So I'm glad you're make, letting me off the hook. I, don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's beautiful. It will take a pretty picture if you fold it really well. But other than that, who cares? <laughs> All right. Why do I need a it's picture not, of that drawer? Right? <laughs> Does everybody have a junk drawer? I yes. don't. Mm-mm. What? Y'all don't. No. I have never I not seen a house actually, with a junk drawer. Okay. No. Actually, the utility where you have like random tools or tape or anything like that. Well, I will say that in, my, in our old house, I used to have, I wouldn't call it a junk drawer because it was largely organized. There were some sections that got a little messy in the end there, but it's something that we sell and it's called the OHO desktop organizer. And I'm going to send that, I'll send a link to you, but it's, um, it has all of these little cubbies and summer drawers and envelope slots and all sorts of little things. And so I basically took everything that would have been in my junk drawer and I stuck it in there, divided into little sections, but it's not yeah. a drawer. Okay. It's like your utility little cubby. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, any of that is kind of like junk drawer ish. If you put it in that broad category, it's just the things that you're grabbing from kind of often, pretty often, maybe a daily basis, but you can have it in a drawer on a, on a desk in your kitchen on the side, just in, somewhere where you put all that stuff. But like you said, Caroline, if you keep it together and you're good with it, like I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. But doesn't what's, what's saying it's a junk drawer imply that it's junk drawer post-its, um, like extra keys, um, scissors, um, pens, like chains, random paper clips, all that kind of random yeah. stuff. Yeah, you can and, and really like I keep a it, screwdriver in there because yeah. I don't want to go get to the toolbox. You know, mm. it's just Karen, you're, you're judging us. <laughs> I'm totally judging you. No, I, clearly I'm the odd man out here. Um, but I feel I have a key bowl for keys and then I have a place for screwdrivers and then I have, you know, mm-hmm. I don't want a screwdriver <laughs> with a post-it. That would make me crazy. They do not live together. A pen could live with a post-it. I can let that cohabitation happen, but no, not a screwdriver and a paper clip. Ugh. Karen, have you <laughs> always been this way? I don't like, know. We, I didn't know I was this crazy like, until we started the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I have a question for you, Claire, about cords. What is your cord? What is your oh. take on cords? This is I this is cords. like Karen's love language. Is cords. Oh my gosh. So everybody does have a massive amount of random cords. And so I'm a firm believer in getting rid of those cords. If it's something that you know that you use all the time, keep it and have a section for extra cords. But if you don't know what it goes to, if it's from a long time ago, or if you, you're not sure if it's computer or whatnot, just get rid of it. I guarantee you can find that cord somewhere on Amazon or eBay when you actually need it. Um, I have a lot of people that say, well, I might need this in a few years. It's not worth taking up space in your home and mental like capacity, brain function, or whatever you want to call it, um, to have it in your house. So if it's 20 bucks, it's totally fine to go get rid of what you have and get it when you need it. But don't hold on to things that you might maybe use one day, but Honestly, you're not going to remember where it is and you're probably not going to use it and would buy another one anyway. Okay. I have a question for everyone. But do you keep instruction manuals? <gasps> no. This is a controversy in my house. <laughs> controversy. No, we have the internet for that. 
Yes, he wants we to keep all it. of them. Okay, what about warranty? Like, okay, if you buy something like an appliance and it comes oh. with a warranty postcard, do you keep it? Do you ever actually apply for the warranty? Anyone? No. 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 <laughs> uh-uh. Unless curious. like that piece of paper is somehow like giving you a warranty. No, the company either has a warranty or they don't. And so a lot well, of times, my dad my Amen. dad is the person who will literally sit there with his little big pen and fill out the postcard and use the postage paid little thing on the postcard and mail it. Well, because he's convinced that he won't get his warranty if he hasn't sent the postcard in. But it's, at it's least really he did it, Caroline, and it's done and it's out of the house. And y'all right? will call for it. He will yes. call you. Clara has a good if point. he has a warranty on that item, you're gonna cu- get a call from him in five years. How like, does he, he know? will ruthlessly Does he file it? Somewhere? I don't know. He oh has some gosh. sort of weird mental Yeah. I don't know. Lord, you guys, I was just last week, I was cleaning out a bin in my basement and it was my paperwork from 2006. All my utility bills, like 2006. I'm like, I don't need my power bill from 2006. I swear to God. And and it had my manuals, like for my refrigerator that I had in 2006, that kind of stuff. I'm like, no, what was I thinking? I threw it all, shredded it away. It's all gone. Okay. How do y'all feel about shredding? Do you shred stuff? I have a shredder. I don't really use it. Are we supposed to be shredding, Clara? Well, things with your ID, right? Anything with your ID, I would say. um, I mean, in reality, who's going to go through your trash and when it goes to the dump or the recycling? Who's really going to go through that? I tear it up into a couple pieces, throw it away. But I think sometimes we're out. If your identity is going to get stolen, at least it's going to get stolen over the internet, not through Agreed. the paper that came through your mail. Agreed. Poor That's such a good point, but I always trash. get. Really, but I always get really freaked out about throwing things away, and I'm like, I need to wait till we have a shredding event at work. But you're <laughs> totally right; they're way more likely to steal my debit card at the gas station than they are yes. through my old right. mail. That's yes. It's well, really usually easy mail does not have your full account number on it. Right. It usually doesn't. And if yeah. I'm getting mail too, and I know this is like a really hard spot for people because people really have hard times with like kids' schoolwork or mail that's coming in. My thing is I have a trash can by our back door. And as soon as I undo the backpack, I start chunking. Unless it's something that I need a bill to pay or something that I want to file away for my oldest for his keepsake it immediately goes. So it's not coming any further into my house and it's done with. And that's so important because otherwise kind of like we were talking about um, is things need a home. Otherwise it's going to come and live on your counter and then it's going to move to your bedside and then it's going to move to the playroom because you sat down with it to watch the kids play. And then it's going to go somewhere like bed bugs. Right. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's well, better so, just wait, to you, you mentioned it Keepsake. Mm-hmm. So you're keeping certain things your kids are creating or yeah. bringing home? So I have a bin for both my kids. I just have one together. Again, I, I am not sentimental and maybe to a fault. Um, now, I don't tell people, like, you have to get rid of this. I, I kind of lead them down that path, but I would never tell someone, you need to get rid of this or this is clutter. We kind of walk through it, the psychology of it, why you have it, why you want it. Um, but I do want my kids to have something if 
when they grow up, if they just want to chunk it, that's totally fine. But I limited myself to a really small bin. And then I have it by category of um, baby through really like sixth grade and sixth grade through 12. Cause they're not going to bring home a lot of keepsake papers when they're older. Um, and it's just a couple merits. of handprints. Right. Exactly. Just, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're going to bring home like that special handprint. You don't need all handprints, but like something that was really special that they were proud of keep it. Um, or like the first time my oldest brought home, um, uh, where he wrote his a full sentence on his own in kindergarten. I dated it and kept it in that bin, but Aww. I don't keep everything. So it's just something that they have when they're older, but it's not taking over my house. It's just one small bin. Yeah, that's smart. Okay. Yeah, that is smart. Because Caroline, you've been struggling with that a little bit. You know, like the artwork that comes through the door every day from preschool. What do we do yeah. with it? Well, yeah. I will say that now that I have a spot where we can display it, and it's like one thing that I feel less guilty about throwing the other ones away. Cause I mean, she does literally a craft project every day at school. I mean, yeah, and the, I don't and need at least home. one. Yeah. And so I don't need five finger paints a week. That's crazy. Um, Imagine but now if that your I have mother space, was framing every memo that you wrote at work every day. <laughs> Look what I did today, mom. Yeah. I wrote an email. <laughs> right. Hi. But so now I feel I feel less guilty when normal. I do throw the others away because I can say like, okay, I love the one that's already there or this is better than that one. And so then I can kind of. Right. Oh, critique know. her. And I think it's <laughs> yeah. when she like finishes a school year, you can pull all that back out and go through it and fan through it again and be like, why did I keep this? Or especially in my, my boys don't do this. They're a little, they're like me. They don't, they don't care. But if you do have a kid that's a little bit more sentimental, display the artwork in a specific place, let it live there. And when a new piece comes in, throw that one in the trash and display the new one. And so they feel like it's special. You didn't obviously throw it away in front of them, but then you're not keeping it. <laughs> Shredding it. Clutter. Yeah. So can- <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. I have a question about shoes, Clara. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm a shoe, a holic. I do love that we do all you- bring up our core subjects. No, you should. Our personal issues. Yes. <laughs> do for it. Go for it. Do you believe we should keep our shoe boxes? No, or no, 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 no. Get rid of them. Okay. Um, I think one, it's a visual, like we've talked about, you want your aesthetic to represent your space and be beautiful because more likely you're going to maintain it better. And then if you're, mm-hmm. if you can't see the shoe, you're probably not pulling from it all the time or not even aware that you still have it. And so right. you can, if you want it like a really nice shoe um, and you want it to not get dust on or whatever. There's acrylic bins that you can yes, display yes. them. You can stack them again. I design, um, and you can see them, but the aesthetic is beautiful. And then I can actually see what I pull from and what I don't or replace what I love or oh, I'm sorry, replace what I don't love and put a new shoe in that bin. But I don't think you should ever keep the box. What good. about like handbags? That. What's a good way to store handbags? Handbags. Um, the same thing. I yeah. think if you depends on your space, like I think it's totally fine to keep dusters, uh, but I like things to be displayed beautifully. And so I like them out. So again, if you have a really nice bag, um, there are inserts that you can put in or put, you know, a pillow, extra pillowcase or something to keep it fluffed up. There mm-hmm. are hangers that you can display your items with. So you can hang literally hang it and your 
bag hang on there yeah an s hook so you can literally see what you have and you can grab it um there's like acrylic risers and stands but i think if you invested this money and stuff and you love it you might as well use it like don't save that ysl bag for just a special occasion use it why not um so if you can see it you're more likely to use it Hello, ladies. I'm an avid listener of your podcast, and I love learning about design and hearing your hilarious conversations and back and forth banter with each other. I'm actually a friend of Taryn's, and I just bought a new house. I feel like I've already spent a million dollars on new furniture, decor, necessary items, but I look at the house and it just feels empty. To clarify, I haven't decorated yet, so that's probably why it feels that way, but I'm currently struggling, struggling with two rooms and I need some help. Photos are attached. The first room is the living room. The size is about 14 by 14 from where the stairs end. Right now we have a couch, coffee table, and rug. We also have a per we also have purchased a love seat that hasn't been delivered yet. Um, it'll go on the wall that the lamp is sitting on in the photos. I need help with a few things. Please excuse all of the mess and boxes in the photos. The couch and love seat are pretty big, which I don't which I didn't 100 percent realize when I bought them, but they're new, so they're staying. The major question I have about this is that when they're set up, there will be a pretty huge hole in the corner of the room where the lamp is for a side table to go. And I'm not sure what type of table to put there because of the size of the hole it leaves. It's about 44 by 44 inches. My ideas are a colorful poof, like the one attached with a tray and a floor lamp, some nesting tables or something else. Help. I'm not sure what color to get. Brown, colored, gray, white. Second question. I can't decide if the side table I did get is too small and or the wrong color. You'll see it in the picture. A couple of notes. The lamp in this picture is not staying, nor the pillows on the couch. We are having the hole in the wall that is meant for a TV filled to be a flat wall. I'm still looking for the right window treatments, but leaning towards something with tasteful green, teal, blue, hoping to replace the railing as well. The kids' pottery barn chairs will not stay there. I don't think I can paint the walls right now because if I paint the living room, I'll have to paint the entire house, literally. The second room is the master bedroom. I have my new <laughs> um, I have my new Ballard Villandry. Okay, okay, okay. If you look at the photo, it looks as though the blank wall that she has right now, that's where the love seat is going. So she has something going there. And she's concerned about that corner in between. It's basically like if if her love seat and sofa are making an L, where they touch is going to have a huge hole in it. And what should she put is essentially her question now. Isn't that what y'all read? I think she needs a terrific- The corner between the love seat and the sofa. Yeah. Yes. She, she needs a big She needs a terrific table. table. Yeah. I think she needs Go a skirted, a 36 terrific table. round table. Yeah. Yeah. With a big lamp. And the lamp should a not be table. clear. Like get a lamp that's- solid somehow Substance. and like big and heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's all she needs. Something ceramic. Yeah. You need some height in here. Yeah. And yeah. And, and feel free to buy larger things. You have a big room. You have bought a large sofa. You said a big love seat. You have a big ottoman. That's fine. Cause this is a ginormous room. There's still a good uh, five feet in front of that ottoman between the ottoman and the 
the wall in front of it, which is the television. So you've got a lot of room in there, girl. Um, put that in there. Put some big piece of artwork on that wall over the love seat. And I think you're going to be fine. But yeah, like don't buy a little lamp. You have a little lamp sitting on this a bo- on a box. I know you just moved in. But yeah, she's got a little lamp sitting. It looks like on a box in the corner. Um, that lamp's too small. That lamp needs to go on something tiny. You need something big. Yeah. And and the reason I like the skirted table is because like you said, it's going to be, it's heavy and it'll work nicely with how heavy the couch is and stuff. Like it. Right. And, and even if you have something that's leggy in that corner, you're not even going to see it because it's going to be mostly blocked by the arms of the sofa and the love seat. And so if you have like a colorful fabric or a pattern on the skirted table, you'll be able to see it on the top. And I feel like you'll kind of get that pop of personality and color from a, um, a pattern or a color. And mm-hmm. it, I think it'll look really pretty. That's and what not, I would do. Taryn, Taryn, this is your friend, right? Yes. What is her vibe like stylistically? Because her sofa is a conservative rolled arm sofa. She's got a buffalo check and looks like a Jacobean uh, throw pillow there. Floral. Um, but she's got sort of a tribal looking rug. So what's her what's her vibe? Give us some, an insight. I was going to say kind of a more casual, maybe tribal trend mm-hmm. kind mm-hmm. of look. If that makes sense. Do you think she'd like a skirted table or do you think she'd feel like that was a little too conservative? She's not very traditional. Hmm. So you're you're feeling like the skirted table is not her vibe. Uh, I don't think that's where she would lean to. So, um, but hmm. I don't think you're wrong in the answer, right? Like, I think like sure. there's more tailored ones too that are kind of clean versus kind of even the flowy ones. And it all, you know, it it could be very different depending on the fabric she puts on it, like. You know, if she does a floral or check, then yeah, it's going to be much more traditional. But I don't know. Maybe she finds some fun, I don't know, like watercolor print or, you know, something more. What if she did like the Suzanne Kassler wide flax and white stripe linen? It's, you know, a three inch stripe, which Mm -hmm. is the colors of her rug which might be really pretty over there. But really, I think the key is you just need a 36-inch round table over there. Probably nothing smaller. Maybe you could go 30. But fill up that corner with a big round table mm-hmm. and a big old lamp. And it doesn't have to be a terrific table, but something round and big. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I do think that – I was going to say the other table that she did purchase, it does seem a little low and diminutive. Um, I don't think it's – you know. A, a, a awful thing or a bad thing. Ideally, I think you'd want something again with a little more height uh, and a little more presence. Well, I think that that little table would actually probably be fairly good next on the other, on the arm of the couch that's facing your kitchen. If that makes sense. Um, because you want... Well, the couch that she already has. So that table that you're talking about, it's um, it's really leggy and light. And the space that I'm looking, like if you're looking straight at the couch, if you're standing at the mantle looking at the couch to the right arm of the couch, 
because there's a banister behind it. And you want to be able to see over that side table. Like normally you would want a side table to be pretty level with the arm of your sofa, right? You don't want it to be below it. It makes it less um, useful. I like it a little bit above or yeah, even or above. But I think in this application, because you're going to always be looking over that arm, you don't want anything taller than the arm. You know what I'm saying? Because there's a banister behind it? Well, yeah. And because of the way you're always going to be looking at this room, you're always going to be, it's going to be weird if you block it was something heavy, I think. So I'm. I guess all I'm saying is, I think that she can make that leggy that little table fine. work somewhere, yeah. just not in the place that she is saying originally. That's all. the The other thing she's saying is that she wants to get. She wants to replace her banister. There's nothing wrong with her banister. I think if she painted the wood parts black, she'd be so happy. She has sort of the honey colored wood um, rail and newel post. And then she has white, what do you call those things? Spindles or posts mm -hmm. that go up the thing. But but they're not turned. They're super straight and sleek. And I think if she either stay ebonized the, um, the honeyed wood to a darker color or even painted it sort of a semi or a matte black, I think that'd be super sexy. What do y'all think? Yeah. Taryn, I mean, does she want it to be sexy? What does she want? <laughs> <laughs> she's a mom with two kind of young kids. So I think she's probably not in the, my house is sexy phase. She's probably more in a functional phase, if that makes sense. How'd she get those kids, Taryn? Come That's on. <laughs> I didn't say she wasn't sexy. I just was talking about her house. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I think it would be a good, I did talk to her about painting, um, you know, because I think that would do, would be, could, you know, enhance it too. Yeah. I don't know. If it was me, I would focus more on my like money and time on the other things. Because I think if she gets her room more in order with great pillows and lamp and a side table and art and she gets all that other stuff, she won't pay as much attention to the banister. You know, like I think if she gives herself other things to look at right now. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with her banister. Right now she's focused on it because there's not a lot in this room for her to, that's like giving you a wow. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Right. She needs a wow moment. Something giant on that wall, I think is going to give her mm -hmm. what she wants. She needs a big old piece of art. Yeah. And if your budget is depleted, go get a big canvas and paint something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she right? also has a friend that she knows that paints. Her name's Taryn Schwartz. Taryn. And I bet Taryn would paint mm -hmm. something for her. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. When's your birthday? Taryn's got something coming your way. <laughs> <laughs> for that spot. Yeah. I think just that, like you guys were saying, yep. I think some height. Um, and then we talk textures too. So I think you guys, I wasn't that far off. Yeah. And you know, I can tell she's got a couple small kids because she also has these little chairs tucked up under her bar. Um, it's sort of adjacent to the space. If you need more seating for your kids or whatever, you could throw a couple poofs or that kind of stuff in front of the ottoman. You know, modular seating that can flow around the room that kids can lounge on um, and because you've got a, plenty of space in there for that. Can I just say that I hate these chairs? 
I mean, we have one too. Oh, but like, well, describe what they are so people know. They're those little lumpy, like it's they're like the Blues Clues chair. Yes, it's like a little Blues Clues chair, <laughs> exactly. And they're made out of foam, and they always look lumpy and dirty, and they have stupid monograms on them. And I just, every, I swear to God, everyone has this chair. My mom just bought one for Blair, and I'm like. <laughs> Thanks, mom. Talk about regifting things. That, I mean, I know she'll have fun with it, so I'm going to have it, but <sighs> they're huge. Yeah. I mean, a child doesn't need a rolled arm. They're a child. <laughs> <laughs> Clara's just shaking her head like, what? Let me, no, I'm right there with you. We have two, and we still have them. And I'm like, what was I thinking? <laughs> so much and I thought okay this is when I had kids and I had two of them and I had the space I was like yeah I'm gonna do them I literally load these suckers so much and my kids play on them and it's fine but there's velcro on the inside it doesn't stay attached they're falling all over they're about to get trashed like trash <laughs> yeah. this Friday I am going to put them out there it's not worth reselling it's, it's they're they're terrible there's just yeah oh, and you see them the all the time on resale sites so everybody feels the way same way why do we keep buying these we're suckers yeah put them in the kids room and why hasn't why hasn't someone come up with a, a better version? looking version of this yeah like Hello, a baller designs maybe we should be working on that Taryn <laughs> mother Oh, guys, you don't know what I have here. I can tell you I don't have one of those. All right. Boom. You don't have one? I'm impressed. I'm so jealous. My mom just was like, oh, guess what? I just bought Blair for her birthday or for Easter. Uh, if you take up your house space with your clothing, there's no space for that. <laughs> All, right, All right. So what's her Good second plan. dilemma? She's got a bedroom dilemma Yes. Well. Okay. Yes, she does. Hold on. Let me go back to that. Okay, so the second bedroom is the master bedroom. I have my new ba Ballard Villandry headboard, which I love. All of my new furniture and bedding. This room is also not decorated yet. The trouble I'm having is deciding what color to paint the walls. I don't need an actual paint color, but with just like opinions on a general color. Most of the bedding and pillows are off-white, black, white, tan. I'm trying to add a mustard yellow, thinking about a dark forest green or hunter green. And the curtains are somewhere else. The brown that it is now was the color when we bought the house. Help me, please. That's all for now. Any advice would be great. Love the show. So yeah, so she has a cream, uh, sort of a woven. Um, what do you call? What do you call that? I'm blanking on what that is. The headboard. The Louis Rattan. headboard. Louis Kane. It's, it's cane. cane. Yeah, cane it's a cane headboard. It's cream. She's got cream bedding. She has sort of a natural colored wood side tables, um, and then, like she said, a, a little pop of mustard, which is real cute on her bedding, some throw pillows. Mm -hmm. I know what I vote for, but you guys say what you think. What do you vote for? Karen? Cream. I think she should just sort of match that headboard and then let that's going to let that mustard pop out of there and any other little accents she has in the room. It's not going to compete with all these other things she's trying to do. What do y'all think? I mean, I think it depends on what way she wants to go. Mm -hmm. I think it could be really cute if she, um, loves this headboard to do something dark and make the headboard really pop. Right. Um, we did some cute beds a couple of years ago that are a little bit boho. And I loved the way, I love the way a white headboard looks against a dark, um, 
wall personally. I just think, I think, but I think the, the cream would be pretty too. It just depends on like how much light does this room get and mm-hmm. what, what kind she's of vibe she's going sure. for. Yeah. Well, the, the wall color now is sort of a camel toffee color. Do you guys dislike the color it is now? I mean, personally, I, I would love for it to be darker. Like I'd love to make it a little cocoon and stick in that kind of warm tone if she likes it. Like I, I personally have been loving like the really deep chocolate colors that people are doing or mm-hmm. um, what does Suzanne call it? Um, nope, not coming to me. <laughs> deep chocolate. She, she always calls something, yeah, she always calls that color something much more luxurious sounding than chocolate. Mink? Mink? Let's go mink, yeah. Mink, yes. She loves saying mink. There we go. Thank you, guys. Yes. Like a dark mink color um, where, again, making that pop off, but still going with all of her warm tones. I would allow her to do any of that gold pop that she wanted. And again, that headboard would still really stand off the wall. There's this color called Urbane Bronze that we've used before. And I'm not necessarily saying she should use that exact color, but the reason that I like that color is that it's it's sort of a cross between a charcoal and a chocolate it's a charcoal, but it has a lot of brown in it, and it so it works really well with warm tones in the in the applications I've seen. I mean, you know, as y'all know, paints can look vast drastically different depending on the room. But um, I love that particular um, color. It just is. Yeah. It's a nice even um, a deep purple, a deep green. You know, something deep. All right. Also, I have to tell you, girl. Your lamps are too little. The lamps in her bedroom are way too small. They look like a child's room. You know what I mean? You need something like, think master bedroom. Get something with some substance and some height and some drama. Um, Even if it's like, say they're amazing, um, you know, golden mustard yellow, ceramic tall lamps with an exaggerated shade or something. Like get something in there that just like the living room is going to add a little bit of you know, pizzazz to that space. I love it. Your hands gestures. Right? I'm all over the place. <laughs> you were confused. <laughs> I was with you. Mm-hmm. It was so good. Thanks. <laughs> I think even the color of your room right there that you're in right now, Taryn, would be pretty, personally. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like blue. It's like the color of whiskey and um, uh, peacock. So she's like this. So it's like the color palette of your basement? Exactly. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's yes, very no. pretty together. It's a it's a cool uh, combo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, mm-hmm. Taryn, you too. You have that um, whiskey colored chair well, that you're sitting in. Oh, and I have my big mustard, yeah, yeah. velvet chair that goes. I I love it in the nighttime in the daytime. I love the color combo. So it's been. I would even that color would be gorgeous in the room. I do for some reason, like you said, it is hard to know how much light, like if it is a bright room, but if it's not, I mean, I would just be like, let's go deep. Yeah, make it just a dark color. Embrace that girl. Mm -hmm. And like one thing that could be really pretty is okay, I've been really loving this lately. So and it's scary, but painting your trim to match or even just a less um like less contrasty, but if she's not on that board with that, because it is a little scary, she could do a um, curtain that drapery that is 
sort of the same color as the wall. Yes. And so that it's sort of, it kind of gives you that effect without you having to actually paint the trim. That's what I would do. I love, I love all that. I love the trim and the drapery and the wall, especially in a bedroom where like we keep saying the word cocoon. That's what I feel like people want in their bedroom. And Um, I just, oh, I'm envisioning that. It's beautiful. Do that. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I love my dark bedroom. It's so yummy at night. I mean, I love this dark room. I've yet to regret um, painting my room dark too. So, Clara, what do you think? You're sitting in your closet. (laughs) (laughs) I am more of like transitional, but I am loving, I love white. Like, let's be honest. I am a, I like very... It's a clean colors. It's a very clean color, but I don't hate like this dark trend. And Caroline was saying paint. Like I really, really want to do that. I want to paint my trim a dark color and I want to do that for my room. Uh, So I don't know. I'm like, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Why not? Now's the time. Do it. Yes. It is just paint, especially if you're doing it yourself. I mean, come on, just a couple hours of your time. And listen, Places are doing curbside pickup or drop off for paint. Why I know this is because I just did it. So I'm waiting. Sherwin Williams, Benjamin Moore, um, they're all doing, they'll load in the back of your car. You give them their credit card. Oh, right, right, right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'm going to do that. I'm going to paint my porch. My Sherwin Williams has gotten to know the back of my van very well. Uh, that's a great tip for people though that are feeling Mm -hmm. stuck and they want to fix the room and they're scared to go anywhere perfect Mm -hmm. that's funny i was actually just looking at our sherwin williams because i'm gonna go pick up the power washer from karen's house tomorrow and i was thinking maybe i should just swing by sherwin williams and get some paint from a porch so i'm gonna power wash and then i'm gonna paint my porch that's my plan that's a good weekend plan because it's going to be beautiful here. Get on it, girl. Yeah. Can I blow that power washer after? Can we test <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah, I power washed all last weekend, so you guys can borrow it. Yeah. I'm going to put it – if you put it outside tomorrow, I'm going to come get it. It'll be there. <laughs> okay, Erin, I hope that we answered your question. <laughs> if, we, if you hate our ideas, then tell Taryn and she'll tell us and we'll mm-hmm. answer it again. We'll do a round two. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll send her to one of our experts at the store. Hey, mm-hmm. but that is a good point. She, Excellent you know, point. and also our, um, our design solutions designers and our team, the people in our stores are taking, um, phone appointments right now. So if you are stuck in your house and you are getting the itch to, rethink something, then you can call one of our designers and they will walk you through it and they'll help you um, come up with a solution. So yeah. I feel and like it's, it's a great way for re- us. It's a great way for us to keep our store employees busy, um, even though our stores are closed right now. So help us keep them busy, give them some work, help them, um, let them help you figure out your problems. Yeah. For sure. I mean, obviously, let us try, but also. Right. <laughs> and then when we fail, get an email appointment or call them and they'll help you. But they do, <laughs> they'll do your full house. And oh, yeah. They'll do a lot more in depth, you know, do you a floor plan and make you a yeah. list of all the things and the colors. They'll coordinate swatches. I mean, they will get a lot more in depth. They're way better than us. <laughs> mm-hmm. They are. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. Clara, thank you so much. This was really fun. We I feel like we need to have you back because I'm guys, this sure is more yeah, awesome. awesome. 
I have enjoyed it so much. This has been such a nice break and I love talking organization. Like call me anytime. I feel like my oh, phone yeah. number is linked somewhere on my Instagram page. I will talk all the time about this stuff. So thank okay. you all for having me. Claire, how, far, how far will you go for a consult? I know you're in Birmingham. I have, I have gone to friends in Atlanta. Would you come? No, to I have gone to okay. Atlanta. I've, I've got a couple of clients. Um, I kind of go anywhere in the state of Alabama. Um, I have people. I mean, I do virtual organization too. Um, so I have oh. clients technically all over the nation. Um, but cool. usually a couple hours within around Birmingham area, I can drive. Okay. So yeah. And you have uh, aforementioned big box store that I would like to hit up because we don't have one here. So yes, they sell containers. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, you're now our go-to girl for organization questions. So I'm sure we're going to have to have you back. I love yes. it. You have a great Instagram. Tell us. Yes. Your oh, thank you. Yeah. Tell everyone where they can um, find you and follow you. You can follow me at the home organized underscore. Um, that's my Instagram. I have a website, thehomeorganized.com and I'm on Facebook, but it's basically the same thing as my Instagram. So the home organized. All right. Thank you. Thank we you really so appreciate much. It. That was awesome guys. All right. That's our show. Thank you for listening. Please leave us a review on the, um, on your podcast app and check out the show notes for this episode. I'll try to link to that, um, blog post that I was talking about with the dark urbane bronze color for you, Erin. So you can find that and you can find the show notes at how to decorate.com slash podcast. Follow us on social media, Ballard designs, and don't forget to leave us a review because we want to know how you're feeling about your situation right now. Yes. Being at home. Um, we want to hear your feedback and, and if you, and have if you, you want to talk about, right? Exactly. Um, so definitely don't forget to leave a review in your podcast app and, uh, did I say follow us on social media, Ballard designs mm -hmm. and until next time, happy, happy decorating. decorating.